0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehila Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brain in Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in studio here at Beit Tehila Congregation with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is great to be here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are studying the Torah portion, Vayera. And he appeared. And he appeared. And so uh, if you guys wanted to go through point by point through the Torah Questionnaire... Uh, you can go back and listen to episode six of this podcast and you will get an overview of the entire portion from start to finish and so today we're gonna hit some main points and knock out some stuff uh, you can find this tour portion Vieira in uh, the book of Genesis chapter 18 verse 1 uh, and all the way through chapter 22 and verse 24. What an incredible
1: Torah portion, right out of the gate. I mean, think about it. We have the creation of the world, the fall of Adam and Eve, getting kicked out of the garden. We have, of course, the, uh, uh, phew, my goodness, we have Noah. the Tower of Babel. We have Noah. Yeah, uh, Unbelievable amount of things that are in the Torah portions. But now we're really hitting it in stride. Uh, great things are happening, you know. Uh, Abraham's name is, of course, changed from Abram to Abraham. He goes from an an exalted father to a father of a multitude. And, of course, you can go back and even study uh, the Torah portions itself when it comes to Abram becoming Abraham. Uh, He actually had to go through 10 tests, and we're going to be leading up to that 10th and final test uh, with his son Yitzhak or Isaac, which means laughter. But now let's get into, of course, he appeared. That is what Vayeda means. He appeared. The Lord appears to Abraham. So what we're going to do is we're going to read a little. We're going to talk a little. We're going to read a little and talk a little. So let's dive right into the story. And we're going to start off with Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, with Ryan.
0: All right. Here we go. Uh, chapter 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat. In the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree.
1: You know, this is a theophany of God. I mean, think about it. It says the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre with, of course, a total of three people. So we have, of course, uh, the theophany of God, of of the Lord. And we have, of course, two other gentlemen or angels. And so what's going to happen is uh, Abraham notices this and he jumps right in to a hospitality spirit. He has a hospitality spirit, and that's what we love at Beit even with our hospitality team with uh, D. Cromwell, does a wonderful job. And so we're going to look at his hospitality towards these guests. Uh, in Genesis chapter 18, uh, we're going to look at, I guess verses 5 through 8. Let's go ahead and read those, Ryan, as we discover what Abraham was doing.
0: All right, it says, And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat.
1: Incredible. Of course, it goes on to say that, uh, you know, here's the, the, the Lord and the two angels... And uh, and in verse 10, it's going to be very interesting. What did one of the men say to Abraham about his wife, Sarah, in in Genesis 18, 10? Ryan, want to read that verse?
0: He says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him.
1: You know, and so they were up there in age. and, And, of course, Sarah hears this. And, of course, her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah, from dominative to a princess. Isn't that incredible? A princess. Well, she laughed within herself. Now that's incredible. So, you know, when you think about God and the two angels, uh God was aware that she laughed inside of herself like ha <laughs> ha real deep inside. And uh and so, you know, uh this is this is a fact. And she could not believe that she's going to bear a son in her old age. And uh, and it goes on to say in verse 13, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. You know, it's kind of interesting. Remember when Jesus would walk into a room, he knew people's hearts and thoughts and intents. That's scary. It is. You know, and so we can't hide anything from the Lord. And so with that, you know, it's interesting. And I I just got this thought as we move into the next part of the story. God always gives a sign before he gives a judgment. So he's telling Sarah and Abraham, you're going to have a son you know, uh, the same time this next year. And so, you know, the interesting thing is, now all of a sudden, we're going to get into some judgment. We're going to get into some judgment. And, of course, we're going to have to go ahead and look at this story, uh, basically, and I'm going to have Orion um, read, let's see, um, let's look at 18 verses 16 um, through 19. Got it. All right. Abraham begs for Sodom is the caption.
0: Yeah, Abraham's faith is tested, is the caption in my Bible. Look at that. There you go. Are the captions in there, in the Hebrew? It is now. (laughs) And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. You know I can't
1: stress it enough that we are justified by the finished work of the cross. We're justified because of our faith, not because of works. Uh, and so as we begin to see this being poured out, I love what this says here. It says in verse 19 of chapter 18 in Genesis, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. See, faith without works is dead. And this is where the, the, the argument comes into play all the time. Yeah. That now that we're saved, look what we get to do, Ryan. Look at look what we get to do. You know, And, and I've went over this time and time again because... You know, Abraham was, was, was justified uh, to have righteousness because he believed. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this all plays out in the New Testament with Christianity. <clears throat> Abraham was not circumcised at the time, and there was no law. There was no Torah given at that time, uh, as far as the stone tablets and everything. Uh, we'll get into the oral law and all that, but the bottom line, Ryan, is that that's incredible, You know, as we look at the times we're living in today, uh, Torah is an option. Torah doesn't save you. It instructs you. And so for people to accuse us of trying to keep the Torah for everlasting life or eternity is false. Uh, Even even Yeshua mentioned, hey, Moses wrote about me. And so as we begin to put this into perspective, you got to remember the Apostle Paul was sent to a group of people that were not circumcised that did not have Torah, okay? That's the church today. And they were justified. They were justified by their faith because they believed in the Son of God. And we're going to see this play out as well as this story develops. So in order to get to the good stuff, we got to get through the bad stuff. And so what's going to happen is, and and this is what's so awesome, when when we are accounted to to the Lord as His children, and we hear His voice and keep His commandments, Ryan, He lets us in on some secrets. Yeah. He lets us in on some things. Like, He's got to say, hey, I'm going to let Abraham... In on what I'm doing, sure. And I feel the same way as a, as a pastor, as as a, one of the sons of God. Of you know that that He shows me things because of the intimacy of the Father, and He wants me to share it with others as well. But those that are intimate will take heed, and they they will actually listen. You know, and so and, and we know, in, and of course, in 1820, the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, you know, He's gonna He's gonna go down. He's getting ready to do some judgment. And, and, and Abraham knows it. He knows judgment is coming. And so what's going to happen now? Abraham's going to become an intercessor. He's going to begin to negotiate with the Lord about the righteous. And would you destroy the city, you know, if there's so many people in it? Let's go ahead and look at that. Um, in Genesis 18, 23, let's look at that.
0: Yeah, and so it says, And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? I find it interesting, the idea of... Not quite understanding God's sovereignty. Like we ask ourselves, you know, why do bad things happen to good people or this person died young or this or that? But it's like, you know, God created us and from dust we come into dust will return in this body. But we are a spirit, soul, and a body. And who better to know where we go after this life? And if God wants to take somebody or send them somewhere else, I mean, isn't that his will, his sovereignty? Listen, it
1: says, I, I kill and I make alive.
0: Right. Well, I just, I think that, you know, if if we truly believe what we believe, then we wouldn't be sad for people that the Lord takes to be with Him. I mean, amen? I mean, that's a uh, an awesome thing for those people. I mean, we should, I don't want to necessarily say jealous of them, but I mean, think about it. These people uh, who would be righteous that would be, you know, if it rains on the, the just and the wicked, then wouldn't the just be rewarded in eternity?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it rains on the just and the unjust. Right. But then again, you know, obedience brings the blessing. Amen. Uh, of course, we all get the shrapnel from sin uh, around us. And so, once again, you're going to see something very interesting as, as Abraham becomes an intercessor. Uh, another character trait of even Moses being an intercessor. Uh, basically, and this is the order in which Abraham's crying out to the Lord, would you spare the city if there was 50? He said, absolutely. What about 45 people? Or 40, or 30, or 20. He gets all the way down to 10. He gets all the way down to 10. Would would you save the city if there's 10 righteous? And the Lord says, absolutely. Well, guess what? There wasn't 10 righteous. I know. So 10 is a minion. You know, This is why you'll see among the Jewish people, uh, a minion, uh, to have public prayer, you have to have 10 men to have public prayer. So a minion is 10. So this is where you get this number of, of 10. Let's see if we can find that verse, uh, Ryan, in chapter 18. Where, where do we find where he gets down to 10? Uh, I do believe. Let's look at verse 32.
0: Yep, it's 32 and 33. Yeah. So it says and he said, "Oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak yet but this once." Peradventure 10 shall be found there, and he said, "I will not destroy it for ten's sake." And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Wow. So the theophany, God is speaking to Abraham. You know, Nobody has seen the face of God in lit, but
1: if he's a theophany, you can see him in the face. What? This is Yeshua. We can see Yeshua. As, as, think about it. A theophany is a, a divine appearance of the Lord. So once again, we're going to get to God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Two angels are going to appear to Lot in Genesis chapter 19, verses 1 through 38. Let's go ahead and uh, if, if Ryan could read uh, in Genesis 19, verses 1 through 3.
0: All right, here we go. It says, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat.
1: So here's his hospitality, and he offers unleavened bread. You know, a different kind of feast than Abraham, but he offers them unleavened bread. He shows hospitality. Now, notice that Lot is at the gate, which is, what, a position of prominence. Some have even said in some commentaries that Lot was the mayor. Yeah. He was like a governor of the gate, you know, of the city. He was an ambassador. He was an elder. You know, remember when when Boaz had to go to the elders, he had to go to the gate. So a gate is a power uh, or position of influence. Remember that. The gate is, of course, a position of influence. Sure, and I uh, think,
0: you know, it's obviously Abraham's influence here that uh, Lot sees them, knows who and what they are, and immediately bows his face to the ground toward them, just like Abraham did. And then what does he do? He he extends hospitality to them as well, just like Abraham did. Um, And so he's doing, you know, what Abraham would have done, but now, but he's 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 in this other place, being kind of tainted by this other place. You and know,
1: I don't have time to get into it, but I know in the New Testament, I believe it's one of Peter's letters. I believe it is. Uh, Lot was considered righteous, right? But he was tormented. Yeah. So sometimes we put ourselves in a situation among the wicked, or whatever, or, or in a bad situation or a bad place, and we become tormented. You know, and, and so once again I think it could be self-afflicting as well, but just a reminder, Lot was considered righteous in that in that in that sense of the word. So let's go ahead and look at what's happening now as he shows hospitality towards the two angels in his house. I'm gonna have uh, Ryan read verses four through six of chapter nineteen of Genesis. This is a incredible story.
0: All right, and before they lay down the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out of the door unto them and shut the door after him. You know, here's a, here's something to think about.
1: A perspective. The people knew that there were angels. And they wanted to know them. Some kind of beings yeah, they in his know. house. Yep. So... When you think about angels leaving the first estate, or cohabitating with, of course, angels and, of course, the Homo sapien, the the, the females, um, you know. There's something inappropriate going on here.
0: And it's mentioned that there's something inappropriate in the New Testament. Even in the past,
1: we know when we deal with the Nephilim and different things, and I know some people have a hard time with that, but I just want to remind all of you, and you can just think about this, and if you'd like to email me back, that'd be great, but uh, the bottom line is that Genesis 3.15, uh, there is enmity between the seeds. Satan has seed, and the woman has seed, and so there is this enmity. There, there's this war going on, uh, and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing in the behavior of some people. You know, uh, even Judas was likened as a type and shadow, the son of perdition. Hmm. But Satan is going to have a son called the Antichrist, and nobody wants to talk about this. Think about it: a woman is going to to carry and be impregnated with the son of perdition, the the, the son of Satan. And we see this play out in Hollywood movies and scripts, but the bottom line, gentlemen and ladies, is that it's happening. It's happening right now. Something's happening, and we need to be aware of it. So, you know, the the bottom line is that he was willing to give his daughters up instead of the two angels out of hospitality.
0: I I think in this position, you know, maybe this is just me writing my own opinion into the story, which it totally is. But I feel like he knew that they weren't going to take his daughters you know, it was one of those things where like they're not interested in that. They want he was they willing want. to give
1: up his daughters. He had such great hospitality, but I mean, I, I don't think I could give up my daughters.
0: Well, that's what I mean. I don't think he, I think he knew that that they weren't going to take them. You know? I mean,
1: you know, so so what happens now is they grab Lot and bring him back inside, and they strike these people outside the door with blindness,
0: that's total right. blindness, yeah.
1: and so now they're blind, and uh, and now the angels are going to take Lot and his wife and two daughters out of the city. They're going to go out of the city. And of course, you know that in Genesis 19.17, uh, they're going to give some instructions. Go ahead and read that verse in regards to the instructions of the, of the two angels to Lot's family.
0: Sure. So it's 19.17, and it says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed.
1: So think about it. So here's the instructions, right? Get out of this city, Right.
0: Don't look back. Go to
1: the mountain. Don't look back. But look what happens. Genesis 19, 26.
0: Yep. And it says here, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. wow. You know, how many times do we look back?
1: You know, like a dog returning back to its vomit. You remember that saying? I do. We all fall into that little trap sometimes. You know, we just like a dog returning back to its vomit. You know, I just, I, I just can't help but thinking about that. Um, you know, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, it's just like the sins and when Nehemiah points out, you know, you've taken foreign wives, and they've led you astray. Uh, that's what happened to King Solomon. That's right. And he had so many women in his life. He totally just kind of lost it, you know, and all of a sudden now he's participating in things he never thought he would. Um, the, the man who wrote Ecclesiastes, the man who ruled and reigned for 40 years, the great Solomon. The man who wrote
0: Proverbs.
1: I mean, come on. You know, he experienced everything. But uh, once again, what happens is uh, we end up going astray. And so in Genesis nineteen twenty four 24, uh, we have, of course, uh, brimstone and fire uh, coming down upon the city. Uh, once again, brimstone and fire. And we've had the opportunity of some people in our congregation have actually been out there uh, in the area of that's believed to be Sodom and Gomorrah. And Ryan, they have literally found brimstone.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And they actually brought it back. And we we lit it. We lit it. And you can actually see where these dwelling places, uh, archaeologically speaking, you see like windows, yeah, walls. But brimstone, and, and they brought it back. And listen, this brimstone is so hot when they lit it at the church here. We had and Mizula here and everything. It could literally melt a quarter. It was melting metal. That's
0: great. You know, it's like rocket th- fuel. You know, I mean, it's brimstone. It's, yeah, no, it burns. It's got a charge, hot I mean, and quick.
1: That I mean, you talk about judgment. That is
0: serious. Well, so think brimstone about this. And so, fire. so you know, God promised that He would not judge the earth with water anymore. And you know, I don't know <laughs> if really that's the good end of the deal. It's like, would you rather be shot or hung? You ever heard that? Would you rather, you know, be drowned or, you know, covered with, you know, hot no, sulfur like from the game. sky? I don't no? like that game. Yeah, I don't like it either.
1: No, <laughs> I do not like that game at all. So, you know, what's interesting is that God was having a conversation with Abraham. He was letting him in on what he was going to do. And he couldn't spare the city because there wasn't 10 righteous, but he got, of course, Lot and his family out of there. Lot's wife becomes a pillar of salt. Uh, that's definitely not good. Um, And so, once again, if we look at this particular story in Genesis 19, verses 27 and 28, if if Ryan could read that in regards to Abraham witnessing this.
0: Yeah, it says, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace."
1: And in verse 20, and I want to read this because this just reiterates the whole intercession thing, you know, for our families as Abraham would love his nephew and and protect him. It says, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. So what are we seeing here? We are seeing true intercession, that he didn't spare the city, Ryan, but he got him out of the city. That's right. This is about being at the right place at the right time. And that's what I love about the feast days and the Sabbath and God's calendar. You're going to be at the right place at the right time. You know, that's why when, when Israel was attacked on Yom Kippur War, you know, they basically said they were caught with their pants down. You know, they, were, they weren't really prepared. They prevailed. They won the Yom Kippur War. You know, God watched out after them, but, but that's what happened. Praise God. So going on in this particular story, you know... Um, it's interesting, and we're not going to, for the sake of time, get into all this uh, in regards to uh, Lot and his daughters. But uh, we know that that was a, an improper relationship out of fear, fear driven, that they thought that they were the only ones left in the earth. Yeah. So uh, Lot and his, his, his two daughters, they had, uh, you know, after he had a few drinks, uh, end up, you know, uh, getting his daughters pregnant. They had two, two sons uh, one was Moab, and one was Ben Ami. Uh, it's interesting because Ruth was a Moabite. This is where you get the Moabites. Uh, this is, of course, found in Genesis 19, 37 and 38. Uh, and, of course, the other daughter gave him uh, Ben-Ami, the son of my people, which today would be, of course, if you look at the uh, modern-day country of Jordan, the children of Ammon. So here we have this particular story being played out. Uh, very interesting uh, as, as far as improper relationships or people being born and they're of course what they're going to be a part of the story boy one thing after another with abraham i, I tell, tell you, you what, yeah. if we look at our own lives who are we to escape anything right i mean you, you've had to go through some changes you know oh yeah no for sure and uh and i've had to go through some changes you know and and you know and it, it's interesting because if you are the seed of abraham You're going to be going, somebody's going through something right now. You're listening to this podcast and you're saying, why am I going through this? I'm sure Abraham said the same thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but one of his tests, and we're going to see this played out twice. His wife was taken and he says, oh, that's my sister. Nobody ever took my wife. I never said she was my sister. Yeah. And I wasn't wondering whether I was going to get her back or not. I'd hate to lose her. That would just be a loss. I mean, but, but think about what he was dealing with. His wife was taken from her. I'm taking from him. And we're gonna see this as Abraham sojourns in Gerar. uh, Genesis chapter twenty, verses one through eighteen. And I'm gonna have Ryan go ahead and jump in Genesis chapter twenty, and um, verses one through three will speak for itself.
0: They sure will. So here we go. Public reading of scriptures, everyone. I love it. It says And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came in, I'm sorry, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife.
1: So once again, Abraham is protected. You know, this guy, he has an experience with God and. uh, in a dream. Comes to him in a dream, does he not? And he says, uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> That's Abraham's uh, wife. And and so coming to him in a dream, he's got to respond, does he not? And he's he feared for his life. Isn't this what it says?
0: Yeah, well, and it says here that, that Abimelech had not come near her. So that was the first good thing on, on his behalf. And it says, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? And so he's he's asking these questions because he's innocent uh, at this point. And it says, Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. He
1: didn't know any better. Correct. So God God remedied this situation. And in well, and, and God... I mean, and Abraham did it out of fear. Right. But look what happens now. So now this guy's, you know, Abimelech's going to get
0: a, uh, some instructions in, in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. Check this out. It says, Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. You know what's amazing
1: about this? Abraham is a prophet, Ryan. Right. You know, all the things that God is showing me through the scriptures, and I'm not saying I'm a self-appointed prophet, but the bottom line is that you see these things, these things are revealed, and then you share it. You know, it's like I've been telling everybody in the congregation, Judah approaches Joseph. I said, the Jewish people are going to come to our congregation and share. And we're going to accept them and receive them.
0: Wait, was didn't we have somebody here last night?
1: Yes, we had Shmuel Younger. That's yes. awesome. And and let me tell you something from Israel. And I'm telling you, this is what's happening, Ryan. This is the real deal. And, and so what's going to happen is... Um, in verse eleven, Abraham said, "Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, indeed, she is my sister; she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. So they had the same father, but different mothers.
0: Right. So he's saying That's exactly it's a, it's, what it says. It's kind of true. It's a half truth. It's because... not
1: fake news, but it's a half truth. Yeah. Well, who was it that said? Was it Giuliani? Is truth truth? Truth isn't truth." What are we doing? I don't know. What's the definition Giuliani, of Giuliani, the
0: lawyer for for President Trump, it's like President Clinton? What's the, the, the definition of, of is?
1: I mean, you know, truth is truth. Even Pontius Pilate looked at Yeshua. What is truth? It was looking at him. So he he wasn't really lying, but it was a half truth. So uh, you know, he goes into this. But but I love what happens here. If we stop and think about this, uh, let's look at. Uh, let's see here. You know, of course, he was given all these incredible things from Abimelech. He was, and but Abimelech this begs... took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. Okay, I guess I guess they were barren. This this situation was causing the people to be barren. Nobody could get pregnant, if I'm not mistaken. Let's look for that.
0: I just I find it interesting. Where, is you that know, true? It, it says that I don't know yet, but it says that the this is a test for Abraham, right? This is one of the tests. I guess it just begs the question, did Abraham pass this test? Would you consider this the passing of the test? Well,
1: he's moving on, because look, look at this. Look at verse 17. Read 17, Genesis 20, 17. Right,
0: this is where he prays. So it says, So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his men, maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife.
1: Wow, a barren womb. That's not good. So he prays. And they they open up the womb. Wow, that's incredible. That that is unbelievable. You know, moving on as we uh, go into uh, chapter twenty one, um, Yitzhak is born. Isaac is born. Let's let's let let's read Genesis chapter twenty one, um, verses one through seven. Let's go for it.
0: Yep, and this is the, we're getting into some exciting stuff now. Yitzhak right? is born, the promise. And it says here, and the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old, and his son Isaac was bo- when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck for I have borne him a son in his old age. Now, I mean, what I find interesting is there's kind of two types of laughter here, right? There's a the laughter like, ha ha ha, ha that's crazy. And now she's laughing like, ha ha ha, you're right, that was crazy, but now it's true. That's true. I mean, think about it. God has the
1: last laugh. Doesn't he? You know, think about it. Just like taking people out of the nations and having them uh, part of the commonwealth of Israel and being grafted in, you know? And
0: doing Torah and, and he's Sabbath. Just and
1: laughing, yeah. like, you know, here you go, you know? Uh, so that's interesting. So once again, things are playing out. Uh, God's will will be done. And now we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 21. Uh, of course, we're going to see where Hagar and Ishmael are sent away. So once the child of the promise is born, uh, Ishmael is going to be sent away. I know there's a lot of controversy over that. But uh, anyway, I know that grieved Abraham to have to do that. But, you know, it was in the best interest because I guess we, we need to look at here uh, where the trouble uh, came from. Well, yeah, it starts in verse 9. It says Yeah, let's go ahead and read that. It says, in Sarah What happens?
0: And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So, once again, uh, Abraham
1: uh, believed in the Lord, right? That from his bowels would come a son, but it required Sarah to carry that seed. Yeah. Not Hagar. So, interesting point. It's Abraham and Sarah that make the promise complete. And they will even say in the prophet Isaiah, remember your father, Abraham, remember your mother, Sarah. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest moves of God I've ever felt in His presence was when I went to Hebron and went to the, uh, the cave or the, the burial place of the great
0: Mach-Pilai. patriarch
1: and, and matriarch. And I'm telling you, Ryan, that place is powerful. No doubt. And I do believe there's only like 200 families of Jews there in Hebron. The rest are you know, Arabs. But I'm telling you right now, Hebron is, is, is totally, totally um, a Hebrew city, a Jewish city. I mean, as far as the biblical history so you know, so we look at this story being played out, and of course, once again, we know that there's a war between, you know, uh, the Arabs and the Jews. Who's the rightful heir? You yeah, know? that's right. But we know that this particular voice that you just read, it says, "In Isaac shall thy seed be called." Amen. So when we pray, we say it to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't say it in the name of, you know. Abraham, Ishmael,
0: and, and he, Jacob. And Esau, or, or whoever Esau. Esau. Yeah.
1: So, so something to think about, and let the story play out. God's no respecter of persons, but but He's got a plan.
0: Well, and, right? and, and think about this. So this seed, remember... It's gonna become a great nation. This is Yeshua, right? So this seed, as we go through this, this seed is Yeshua. So obviously the seed of Abraham has has many uh, facets to it. And it's a goy.
1: That's right. He said, I'm gonna make Ishmael into a nation. Mm-hmm. See how it's all playing out, Al Ryan? What part are you? When the stage curtain opens up, right. what's your part? What is your part? What? what, what, what I don't know, but do you Shmuel
0: Younger's got me what, thinking I need to play a bigger
1: part. What do you have here? <laughs> yes, a little more detail. So they're sent out. Hagar and Ishmael are sent out. And so they, they're thirsty, and in verse 15, and the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were, a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And what does Ishmael's name mean? God will hear. That's right. See, God cares. He cares about the nations. He cares about the people groupings. And so, uh, and God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven, verse 17 of Genesis 21, and said unto her, what aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. Yeah. Think about it, the nation of Islam. I will make him a great nation. And and that that word is goy, the goyim. Another nation, And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took him, uh, a wife, out of the land of Egypt. So there we have uh, the story of Hagar and Ishmael leaving this story. Once again, becoming inactive for a while. And then of course, we're gonna go into uh, we're and, and we're not going to spend a lot of time because we want to get into the the last test of Abraham. Of course, uh, in Genesis twenty one eight, we, we don't re- remind everyone that uh, when Isaac was weaned, boy, they had a great feast. You know, so Abraham got his wife back. You know, whenever <laughs> whenever whenever your wife's breastfeeding, you know, it's, yeah. there's always somebody in between you.
0: That's well, and so when you have there was seven a great children, feast. yes you've experienced this a few times you this can relate is it.
1: this is it no you know what's interesting is that uh, in Genesis 21:14 it makes mention of of this particular geographical area it's in the wilderness of Beersheba mm-hmm. you know from Dan to Beersheba so that's the the southern part of Israel i've had the opportunity to go to Beersheba and go to actually uh, some great ruins great ar- archaeological digs there in a well Perhaps uh, the very well that Abraham would have drank out of. And and I was looking at the uh, the sign at the archaeological site in Beersheba, and they actually said that this particular site was 5,000 years old. That blew my mind. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, America is 200-something years old, what, 1776 when it was founded? Here we have a site that's, that's dated 5,000 years of history of civilization there. That's unbelievable. Also, I, if I'm not mistaken... Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure. Beersheba is the fifth largest city in Israel.
0: Mm. And
1: uh, the first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, is a great place there in Beersheba where he lived and and dwelt, but a great park there named after him. But uh, the first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, actually believed in Beersheba that we need to uh, industrialize the desert. We need to grow and bloom and to be plant and to, to have people there And so once again, uh, once again, remember, Ishmael means uh, God will hear, and he's going to become a great nation, and he's going to be an archer. Um, What's relevant about this portion at this point? Think about this. In Genesis chapter twenty-one, verses seventeen through. Thirty fourth for the sake of time, uh, Abraham makes a covenant with Abimelech in regards to the wells and everything. So they basically, and I'm not going to get into all of it. We have to learn how to come into an agreement with others in our life, <laughs> to have associations and to have agreements. You know, uh, and so once again, um, Abraham and Abimelech made a uh, made a covenant, and uh, and Abraham gave him a sheep and an oxen. And, of course, they were, of course, you know, uh, fighting over wells of water, but they came to an agreement. And so there we have it. And, of course, once again, there's a, there's an agreement made. Uh, so remember that, everyone, as you're going throughout life, we all have to learn how to make agreements to keep our word. And we're on the journey, and we need to build bridges. Amen. We need to build bridges. So last but not least, we're going to finish up here with Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. And uh, let's go ahead, and uh, I'm going to have Ryan read, of course, uh, verses 1 through 5.
0: All right, here we go. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I, tell, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood of the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Wow, so here he is. He's heading. He's heading to the
1: Temple Mount. You know where the Dome of the Rock is today? Yep. That is believed to be the site where Abraham was going to offer up Isaac. You know, and so Isaac, you know, he's a grown man,
0: right? He's 30, he's not some little guy. I think if you do the math, he's in I've his thirties, yeah, 30s, thirty seven at this point.
1: So so think about it. So so he has fire, he has wood, you know, and and he makes his way. But I love what he says here. We're going to go yonder and worship, and we're going to come again to you. Yeah, see, we're going to come again to you. So he's asked to to offer up his only well, and begotten I wonder, son you know, I wonder, Sarah.
0: you know, because I think the way that God works, you know, we've. In this situation, obviously, Abraham's actions have muddied it up a little bit, right? The whole Hagar situation, the whole you're my sister twice situation. And I think maybe at this point, God gives him a son that he promised, and then now God's like, all right, give him back.
1: I mean, really and truly, you know, and I know that God doesn't believe in murder. Of course. But he's asking for for this uh, young boy to be a sacrifice, literally. And so let's look at... uh, Let's look at... Okay, let's look at uh, verses 6... Through nine. Let's read that.
0: And it says And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in, the, in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So basically,
1: for, for the sake of time, Abraham was going to offer up his son. But the angel of the Lord stopped him at the last minute. Imagine that arm up in the air. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. He stretched forth his hand. Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now, this is called the Binding of Isaac, the Akedah, Genesis 22. It's read on the second day of Yom Teruah among the Jewish people. Think about it. In the seventh month, on the first day, here we have the blowing of trumpets. This is the reading, Ryan. So every year in the synagogue, they are reading about the Binding of Isaac, which is a picture of Yeshua. So what did Yeshua say, though? And, And I won't go into the Gospels right now, but Yeshua said, Oh, Abraham... He saw, he saw what was going on. Yeah. The ram caught in the thicket, he saw my day and he was glad. He saw it and was glad. So what is that saying? That that Abraham understood that God will provide. That's right. So he wasn't willing, You know, he was willing to give up his only son, but he didn't have to, because God was going to do it. That's right. Now, Ryan, if we go back to the very beginning, he said, Abraham, from your bowels will come forth a son, an heir. And Abraham believed that. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we can say and dedicate this podcast to Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Yeshua, the Son of God, the only begotten Son, that he was the provision.
0: And God did not... He was
1: the ram caught in the thicket. And God did not withhold his Son. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You know, let's let's look let's let's read verses sixteen through nineteen in Genesis twenty two. What an awesome story! No, tell me about it. Genesis twenty two verses sixteen through nineteen.
0: All right, and it says, uh, "And said by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars which is upon which is in heaven." and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba.
1: Boy, I tell you what. You know, uh, tell you a quick story about Beersheba, being there at the well and everything, you know. Uh, Ryan, incredible things are happening. Incredible things are happening. So I'm at Beersheba and I'm at this well sharing about the 10 things that make up the Abrahamic covenant. And just like Peter has the sheet come down, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the children of Abraham. So what happens? This sheet actually comes down. And it's like the children of Abraham are at the top. And then these three arrows come down. First of all, from Abraham come these three children. The first one, of course, we have Isaac, or we have, what, the Jewish people, Yitzhak. Then the second one comes down, right? Here we have Christianity. From Abraham comes Christianity. From Abraham comes Judaism. And then the third and and final one we have, of course, we see Ishmael, Islam. So from Abraham come the three faiths. Yeah. He did it. God did this. He's responsible for allowing it to happen, Ryan. So as we think about those three groups, those three categories or three pillars, what happens and what comes out of uh, uh, out of Judaism, but Jews for Jesus, the Messianic movement, right? And then from Christianity, what do we have today? The Hebrew roots. The Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And then, of course, in regards to Islam, we know that we have a lot more radical Islam. Right. But this is a public record, right? I'm, I'm not saying anything that's out of the ordinary. Sure. So what's interesting, though, Ryan, is this, that from the Jews for Jesus, the Messianic movement, from the Hebrews to the Christian faith movement, and also from radical Islam, from, from the Hebrews to the Christian faith movement, we have like a Beit Tehillah, putting it all in perspective, that we belong to Yahweh, that we belong to Him and that we need to fulfill what the what the prophets have foretold that we're not Jewish we're not natural branches but we are coming out of the nations Ryan and he's writing torah on our minds and our hearts for those of you that are listening listen closely your own worst enemy is yourself pursue everything that he has for you pursue it all cuz you're heirs according to the promise in galatians if you're in Christ you are the seed of Abraham. Now, how far do you want to go? Think about it. So I'm only saying that because we know among these movements that there's, there's, you know, there, there's uh, things that need to be corrected. And so I'm only sharing my viewpoint, my, my take on it, that I love that opportunity that the Father's given us to be able to minister to the church and also have a foot in the synagogue as well to build bridges Right. You know, because of who we are. So we're not not alienating ourselves. we're not compromising our faith, but we're actually fulfilling what the prophets have foretold, Ryan. It says that if people would come out of the nations, the nations would come alongside the Jewish people and be a part of the last day's movement. That's right, and check this out. Don't alienate yourself.
0: And so at this point in the story, um, I guess we'd have to ask ourselves, if we are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise, then the question begs, well... If Abraham had more than one seed, which seed are we talking about? Which is the promise? We seed?
1: haven't even got into Keturah. He goes. That's right. Because we're going to talk about the, the Torah portion of hey, Sarah. We don't, we don't get ahead, all Sarah, right? next week. Yeah, 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 that's right. We don't get ahead. Can we talk about Leviticus? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just can't fit that in.
0: No, not today.
1: And not Conan either.
0: Oh no, not today. No. But I mean, I guess the point being that it's it's Isaac is the answer to that, and so we're going to continue as we go through this to follow the seed. But just keep that in your mind if you are the seed of Abraham that these Torah portions are speaking to you, and you're seeing how that seed through history um, is per, you know, perpetuated. And let Is me, that, let is me that check. a word, perpetuate? Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> to perpetuate. I mean, think about it. Think about it, Ryan. This I'm thinking. Is, this is what's interesting. See, there's a, there's a part of the family that's active. There's another part of the family that's inactive. So we close it out with Nahor's family. In verse 20 of chapter 22, And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she hath also borne children unto thy brother Nahor. So Abraham's brother's having children. Hmm. So what I've noticed in the stories in the Bible, there's a part of the family that's inactive. Yeah. Like maybe our parts right. of our family are not really active like they could be. Or But friends. we're hoping for yeah. them. Yeah. We're believing for them. But something inside of them has not been activated quite yet. They're not where they really need to be. They're not where we're at, but we want them to be where we're at. But that would be inactive. So I would say that that, that Ryan is active, Nick's active. Yeah, We're the active side of the family, sure. right? We're the movers and shakers. And, and I want to encourage you that someone has to do it. So whatever he puts in you, you know, without faith is impossible to please God. We have to give an account of the faith that is in us. You have to share with people what you believe and why you believe. And Amen. respect others. Yeah. Respect people's free will. So what an incredible Torah portion. Wow, we just can't do this in 30 minutes. Yeah, There's no for sure, for sure. way. And once again, all praise, honor, and glory to Yeshua HaMashiach, for He is the ram caught in the thicket.
0: Oh, yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, I guess I wonder, with all these family members and stuff, and this, is, this question just kind of came to me. It'd be interesting to know your thoughts. Do you think Abraham went to the winter festivals? Do you think he participated in the holidays of the idolaters? I don't believe so. I don't think he did either. I don't believe so. So thank you guys so much for listening. What an awesome tour portion. And he appeared. Who appeared? The Lord appeared. And I just pray over you guys that are listening that the Lord will appear to you, that he'll appear to you in a real way, that you'll have a personal relationship with Yeshua, with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and that you'll follow him, and that you'll keep his commandments, and that you'll fall in love with him, and that you guys will have an intimate, long-standing relationship, and he'll get you through everything. That's my hope for you guys. Um, I pray also that uh, you guys start getting into the Torah portions yourself. Start reading this for yourself because the nuggets, you know, God's going to speak to you. His, His word will jump off the page to you as you dig into it for yourself. And so you guys can reach out to us. You can email me at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise.net. And you can also uh, call us here at the office at 813-654-2222. And then you guys know that you can live stream us uh, through our website at topraise.net or on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, all the social media sites uh, every Saturday at 11. God bless you guys. Have a great week.